Welcome to the Good Question with Jessica Tanderup podcast. I'm Jessica, and I have a passion for asking hard questions and going deep in conversation. Usually, these discussions happen over dinner or coffee with a close friend. But on this podcast, I bring them to you because I want you to know if you have questions, you're not alone. On this show, I invite apostolic leaders, thinkers, and fellow believers to tackle the tough topics questioners face as we strive to live out our biblical mandate to love God, love people, and take the gospel to the whole world here in the 21st century. I hope you'll stick around because when you know Jesus is the answer, every question can be a good question. Hey friends, welcome back to season three of Good Question, where we are chatting with apostolic artists, songwriters, singers, musicians, and worship leaders about the importance of apostolic music. Today, my guest is Gabby Thompson. Gabby is a graduate of Indiana Bible College, and if you're an apostolic music YouTube viewer, like we are here at our house, you've probably seen her singing with IBC, at North American Youth Congress, or on stage with James Wilson's Songs for the Nations Tour. Gabby joined me to chat about her experience as a backup vocalist, and now leading and teaching kids worship for her church in Michigan. We talk about the importance of being submitted, of offering our gifts in worship to God, of preferring our brothers and sisters, and much, much more. Gabby was an absolute ray of sunshine to talk to. We had so much fun. I know you're going to leave this one smiling and definitely with something to think about. So let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Gabby Thompson. Gabby Thompson, welcome to Good Question. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) We're excited to talk to you today. My girls think you're a celebrity because they see you on all of the YouTube videos from NAYC and with James Wilson. And so they're excited that I'm talking to you. I'm excited to get to talk to you. I'm glad we got connected. I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell us about who you are, where you're from, what you're all about. Okay, thank you. Um, so I'm Gabby. I'm the youngest of five. Uh, my dad's an electrician. My mom... She was a nurse assistant for a little while, but pretty much all my life, she's been a stay-in-the-home mom. She's been a homemaker, which I really appreciate because that's really helped develop us as kids. And then I was homeschooled, and fun, unknown fact, uh, I grew up with chickens as pets (laughs) (laughs) because we lived in the country. And then when I graduated from high school, I left I uh, went to Indiana Bible College, graduated, got my bachelor's degree in biblical studies. Then I was in Indiana for about two more years and then uh, returned back home in 2019. Now I'm here back in Michigan. So Michigan. Okay. Nice. Well, so like I said, I know who you are because of the things I've been able to see you do with music. So with IBC singing at NAYC and different things. So tell me how you got involved with music. Have you always been a singer? Does your family sing? Did you sing as a kid? Yeah, I've definitely been drawn to music my whole life. I remember walking around the house and singing at the top of my lungs. <laughs> In fact, it wasn't abnormal for my mom to say, stop singing, please. <laughs> it's like, literally, I, prom- I remember she would have Literally, she would tell me, can we just have 15 minutes of silence? Because I would just sing constantly. So I feel like singing is definitely part of who I am. <laughs> but um, 
And then my sister sings, my brother sings. So yeah, we just, music's always been going in our household. And then uh, when I really started to develop, I feel like uh, was when I was 15, I joined my church choir. And then and it really expanded when I went to IBC. The music program there has been, was awesome. And I was able to be involved. So that really helped me grow as a singer, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I can relate to your mom. I have two little girls that love to sing as well. And I uh, will admit to being someone who has asked for five or 10 minutes of quiet (laughs) from time to time. (laughs) Not because I don't love it, but because sometimes it's just a lot. But did your mom and dad do anything besides like letting you get involved with choir and stuff? Was there anything that they did to cultivate that in you? Or was it just, they just kind of let you guys do what, like follow what you loved? Oh my word. No, my parents have been so supportive. I wasn't the first to go to IBC. So I have two sisters, but my sister right above me, five years apart, she went to IBC first. So I kind of, like we were into it, but my mom always was such a supporter. She put us in piano lessons. She put us in voice lessons. We had to quit because my sister didn't like it, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And then when I was getting ready to graduate high school, I was going to go to community college, but my mom would always like say, you sure you don't think maybe IBC might be something you want to look into? And she just really pushed me to just pray about it and think about it. And then when I was actually at IBC, my dad was like so cute because he was always like supporting me too. And he had like pictures of me in his wallet and he would tell all his work friends like about it. And like, they came to every single live recording. They helped me because I was very poor. I had to support myself through, but they helped me uh, when they could. So I really appreciated. Yeah. So my, my parents are huge in who I am today. Obviously I know a lot of people say that, but my parents really are. So Yeah. That's awesome. So then you went to IBC. And I know IBC is kind of known amongst the apostolic movement as being a really good place for music mm-hmm. if you're going to pursue music. So what did you, like, what kinds of things did you learn there? Obviously, like, the mechanics of singing, probably. But what other things did you pick up that have helped you as you've gone on to sing in other places? Well, it's funny because, to be honest, I didn't go to IBC for music. Mm. That wasn't even my goal. I didn't know much either because I know there's, like, the smaller groups like praise and like corral and choir and stuff. But to be honest, like when I tried out and stuff, it was just for fun. Like my mom was like, like, Oh, you should, you should just try out. And I was like, mom, I'm just here to like learn about the Bible. (laughs) I was like, but I, but okay, I guess I had zero idea. So that's why it's kind of funny because I I understand because it is, it is known for that. But I know people do usually think that I was there for music, but I was not. But the awesome thing about um, the Dean of Worship Studies there, Brother Anderson, is he still allows everybody, no matter what your major is, to be involved. You can always try out. So that being said, I was able to try out. And so being just in a group, I was able to just learn how to be dynamic in my scene. It's more than just like singing, like dynamic. Like when I say stage presence, obviously we're not there to be on the stage. It's for God. But like, how to be more sensitive to the room, how to uh, learn what to bring to a team, um, how to prepare for songs, how to even prefer your brother. Like, cause you know, being mm. young at IBC, 
it was the first time I was kind of, cause I was homeschooled. So like, I wasn't even in a classroom, you know, mm. setting when I was younger. So it was like for the first time, like when we would go in and be learning a choir song, he would have us try out for uh, a song. And so I'd have to like, learn how to like prepare myself and then literally put myself out there. And it just was like a lot, but then also sometimes you weren't chosen mm. either. And I remember there was a year, my, it was my sophomore year, no matter what I did, I literally tried out for so many songs and I could not get one. And it was starting <laughs> to like get to me and I'm like, oh my word. And I would be trying so hard and I would like, I would practice it and I would write the words down and I'd get up there and I'd just flop. And then like somebody else would get it. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and it's not because I wanted like, you know... It's not because I thought like I deserved everything. It's just like you try so hard and then you get rejected. Mm. But I was thankful for that because that rejection helps you grow. Mm. And it shows in the future that it's not about you. Mm. It's about the kingdom. And so, and what's hilarious too, is that we go on a tour in the summertime. So like we sing those same songs that whatever we learned and did for our live recording, we have to do on the road. I lost my voice for most of that tour. So what if I had gotten all these solos? I couldn't have sang them anyway. Someone else would have sang them anyway. So the point is, is that number one, trust God because he knows your future. And even though that's like a small thing, it's Mm -hmm. like a solo. It's the point. I didn't know that I was going to lose my voice. I didn't know whatever. And then also it was a growing experience for me because I I remember for the first time, I think I was 19, I had to make a decision. Either I'm going to be all upset and say, oh, well, forget it. If I'm not going to be the center of attention, you know, like that would be taking me down a very bad path. Mm-hmm. Or I could say, well, I believe that Brother Anderson, number one, is prayerful about everything he does because he is. And number two, I trust my leadership. And number three, I trust that God is going to put the right person. And also, you know, once you get older, you realize none of it really mattered that much anyway. <laughs> I mean, like in every aspect of life, like God knows who needs to be where they need to be mm-hmm. at that time. And so that was just like a life, kind of a life lesson, I feel like, even mm-hmm. though it was like a solo. <laughs> so, yeah. And then I asked God to take away any desire for that anymore. So like, if I got something awesome, if I didn't awesome, didn't matter. Like I'm can prefer my brother and you know, anyways. No, that's fantastic. I think that's so good because one of the things, so we're going to do this whole season on apostolic music. And one of the things mm-hmm. that I've noticed because we've moved around a lot, And whenever we go to a new place, one of the best ways to like get to know people, to really feel like connected to a church for me is to get involved with the music because you're in practices together and there's like a bonding experience that happens in music practice together. Like, because in between, whenever like the musicians are talking about something, the singers are like, you're talking to each other, you're, you know, whatever. It's like a fun way to build community. But I've also noticed that in music, you get to see who people are. <laughs> you get to find out like who can take direction well and who can't and who has that attitude of it's all about the kingdom and who has an attitude of it's all about me. And so I think it's really good. God takes what we are passionate about and what we care about to help us learn those kinds of lessons. And I think that's The fact that you could take that experience and apply it so broadly and say, this is about something bigger and it's about something bigger in me that I need to have the Lord help me work through if I'm going to grow as a musician, as a singer, but as a person. Like, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And just going off of that, I, I remember one time I was standing in a practice and the seats, it's a little dramatic, but like 
I was a dramatic person. I am a dramatic person. But anyway, <laughs> I was like standing on the platform when we were practicing, still at IBC, we were practicing, we were out somewhere. And you know, like, especially as a young, younger person, like you get caught up in all that. Uh, like, oh my word, like, this is so cool. Like we're traveling, blah, blah, blah. So like, I just, the, so honestly, I always say the IB, IBC, if I didn't remember anything I learned from a book, like the experience alone was like huge. But anyways, so I'm standing there and uh, I'm looking around and the seats are empty. But then I, it hit me like, God knows who's going to fill those seats. Obviously the people that attend that church are going to come to you, but I also, I have no idea who the audience is going to be. But then I also know who the audience is going to, audience is going to be. It's going to be people that are happy. It's people that are sad. It's people that are broken. Like there could be a person that walked off the street. And obviously that's like a death thing. But for me as a young person to see that for the first time, like on that level, I guess, does not matter to that broken person. It doesn't matter. Obviously you want to do things with excellence because you don't want to be a distraction. But as long as you're doing a decent job and you give the rest to God or well, doing the best that you can Mm -hmm. and then giving the rest in God's hand, like we plant the seed, he gives the increase. So that person is not going to care if you messed up a part. That person's not going to care. They just need something. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm getting a little, little cold. <laughs> but it's just like, that's, that's just kind of something that like, I always constantly want to work on. Cause like I, you always have moments when you're like, oh man, like you feel overlooked. It's not, and that's being human. There's nothing wrong with that. But like, if you actually stop for a second and see that these empty seats are the reason that we're here because mm-hmm. God's going to fill them. They're, they're going to be filled. So then I like started this little thing where I would like pray for the empty seats <laughs> when I was like there, like just, just, but that was for me, not because I'm also spiritual, but because that kept me in the mindset of why I'm here mm-hmm. and stuff. And so I, and I still try to, to, I still actually do that now. Um, not every single time, but I do try to remember to do that because like, it just keeps you, humble because God can take your talent like that. Like, so it's not you at all. It's like you, you give what you can and then God does the rest. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) No, I I love that. That's such a, that's such great, um, that's wisdom. That's like wisdom and insight right there. That's really good. I love that a lot. So like I mentioned, we have seen you guys, you specifically on several of the videos. And then we, we noticed the same people kind of in the background of, all these different songs, Battle Cry Tour, Songs for the Nations Tour, some of the Charity Gale videos, conference, NAYC. So the question we have is there's is there like a secret <laughs> apostolic singer underground where you guys all like on a chat thread and knowing who's going to be where? Like, how does this happen? <laughs> that, is, that is literally so hilarious. No, no, um, no, not at all. I um, honestly, like I said, um, I feel like everything, everything that happens is like a God, every opportunity like this is a God opportunity. So I just think that people being connected at the right times, I will say, I will say if there is any underground, which there's not, like (laughs) I would say Bible college helps a lot because Mm. I feel like for me personally, through my experience at IBC and through Brother Anderson allowing, like I owe so much to him because him even giving me the opportunity and the chance to grow. Cause let me tell you, I needed to grow. <laughs> um, still do, but I really need to then. But, uh, he, he gave, gives kids opportunities to grow and stuff, but then also you are able to connect with people. Like I remember I met James Wilson for the very first time and, uh, I wasn't even able, or I didn't even know it was coming, but we met him at, uh, 
a time where IBC was singing at NAYC because, uh, you know, they have the Bible colleges sing and stuff. And that was just the year that I was there. And we walked downstairs to like the green room thing. And like James Wilson was sitting right there because he was about to sing. But like you never would have known like what he was about to do, you know. So like things like that. But like. Uh, no, there's no, there's no thing. <laughs> so, no, that, it's, it's kind of a silly question, but, um, but it's just fun to me to see when we see a video, I'm like, oh, there's so-and-so, there's so-and-so. And I, I figured that it was probably, I mean, college for any, for any career path, whether it's ministry or secular college is a networking experience and the mm-hmm. people that you meet there help you connect with other people. And so mm-hmm. that's why things like LinkedIn are such a big deal in mm-hmm corporate world is because of connections and the way that you, somebody knows somebody and they can get you into a position. But knowing that that happens along with the spirit directing people to Mm -hmm. connect with one another. So it's like, we have like LinkedIn plus, right? (laughs) LinkedIn plus the spirit. Plus the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's fun. So you're finished with Bible school. You're back in Michigan. Are you doing, what kind of things are you doing with music now? Like I said, we can see you on some of these tours and things, but what else are you doing musically? Are you doing worship at your church? Yes. So um, I am involved in the music here under the direction of our worship pastor, Draylon Young. Um, He uh, is really awesome about giving everybody, you know, opportunity to grow. And he's such an awesome mentor, him and his wife, Kelsey. I just uh, help wherever I'm asked or try to help wherever I'm asked. Uh, Sometimes I leave worship. I just recently started helping with the kids' music. So that's kind of a growing progress thing. Uh, they've had amazing people in the past do it. Um, so this is my first time doing something like that kind of like on my own. So it's really been a growing experience, in like leadership skills and stuff. So yeah. So, but it's just been super fun. Um, and I just, our, our church is super like tight knit and uh, it's just kind of like a big family. So anything that you really do here is awesome. So yeah. So like a lot of churches. That's fine. So what kinds of things are you focusing on with kids? Are you focusing on just getting them to sing? Are you trying to teach them how to like that? Some of that dynamic stuff that you talked about, like where do you start when you start working with kids to try to get them into music? Like I said, it's, it's fairly new. So it's really new for me. So I can't fully tell you yet. (laughs) So I'm learning as I go, but for me, um, because it's it started out as just me coming into like the Sunday school like super church and we have our own little church service which uh cuz our Sunday school director her name's Tiffany she's excellent at like just cultivating things anyways so i came in so uh i'm really starting trying to teach them the value of like worship right now mm. and i we have little worshipers like they do a really great job but like, so when we're singing along to the music and stuff, like, I'm just really trying like, I, I'm just, a, I'm a mover. So like, and I know everyone's different, but I'm just, I really try to encourage them to do that. And then we just got to do a uh, song in the Christmas play. So with the kids there, like, you know, it's, it's normal for kids to kind of like not really sing or whatever. So, but like, we have some big personalities and I know that like, it's nice knowing them. Yeah. So I'm like, I need to give me more. So like things like that. So like, like really trying to teach them, I guess, to just like project their, their little voices and, uh, to worship like while they're, I don't know. I'm just really about that. Cause just like, I, that's, 
how it was for me when I was young. And I remember being young and like being at a, a conference and looking up and seeing a woman like being super like big on our worship that like really inspired me. So I'm just really trying to like push that with them. And then obviously, you know, uh, just giving them more opportunities. So I have them come up and help me sing now. And we're trying to get the youth involved as well, because, uh, there's a girl here that led our little worship service the other day. And it was like, she was so nervous. And like, I realized that like, we need to like help her grow in that. So, uh, she's going to start coming back and helping us back here, uh, in the Sunday school as well. So just like, I don't know, but I, I don't know if I really actually answered that question. No. I? Yeah, you did. You did. You did. Okay. Okay. I, okay. Think, I think it's important. There's lots of important things. So getting them comfortable, just giving them the experience so they get comfortable being in front mm-hmm. of people, or like you said, leading with the kids so that you're more comfortable when you lead in the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. But I think the key thing you said is teaching them to worship. Like, it's all about that. That's the whole point. Like, we can work all day on teaching them how to find parts or teaching them, you know, like, how Mm -hmm. to be dynamic. But the point is, if we're worshiping, then it's all going to flow out anyway. Our church did a kid's Christmas program, and our pastor's wife was the one helping the kids learn the music and stuff. And so on Wednesday nights, we have, like, education classes. So you've got the kids are in one spot, the youth is in one spot, hyphens in one spot, the adults are in a class. And it's kind of chill. Like we don't really do, we don't do um, corporate worship on Wednesday nights. It's all just teaching. But she had the kids in the in the back teaching them the Sunday school songs and or the songs for the Christmas program. And she decided to tag on to the end of this program, the song from that new CC Winans album that came out last year. Uh, the song is, for it? Yes, but she's the song uh, Worthy of It All. Oh, you're worthy so of it good. all. Oh, my word. So she gets so these good. kids singing this song in practice. Two weeks in a row, they have like a prayer meeting breakout. Kids are getting the Holy Ghost in Christmas choir practice. Oh. And we're like, the adult class is dismissing. And we're all like, where are the kids? And we're going back there. And they're like in there having this oh. full on like prayer meeting, praying for each other. Like <laughs> it was amazing. And then when they sang it for the Christmas program, it was just like this powerful, like, wow, how cool is this that our five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-old kids are leading us in this worship song about how worthy God is. Like, oh my goodness, all of us were like, the adults were lining up to go do our part in the back, just like, oh, we gotta get it together because we gotta sing next. But it's so so good. Like what you're doing makes such a difference. And I think if you can get instilled in kids at that age, how important it is that it's worship to God and to love that worship, like there's nothing like that. You know, I think we all know whenever we, we're locked down and we couldn't go to church. Like one of the things we missed was that corporate worship experience. So getting that instilled in our kids young, yeah, that's really important. So people yeah. who are leading kids choirs and you feel like you're hurting cats and you feel like it's crazy, you're doing important work. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I like, cause honestly too, I hadn't le- had that much experience leading worship. Like I've been part of groups when I was at IBC and such, but then like being the worship leader, like in front of a team was like kind of intimidating for me. And so the first time, and I did it a couple times, like at IBC, but like when you're kind of like in the flow of something, you don't really think about it. So then I had a long time where like, I wasn't doing much of that and I was doing other things. And so like when I got here and, uh, she even asked me to like, I'm going to be kind of transparent, but like she asked me to do this with the kids. 
I was like so nervous. Like even though I I knew in my head that it was like kids, I, it was still like I I felt like a heaviness. But I think it's like uh, when I talked to Jalen about it, he said it's like you feel the heaviness and responsibility mm. for what you're doing. And I just like bawled. <laughs> <Made a change laughs> before, I was like I'm so nervous. But then I realized that I started back there. I started with the kids, and then after doing it with the kids for a while. Then I did it in the adult. Like that was funny that you said that because that's literally what happened. Like I started there, and and then I ended up um, leading worship in the big church. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I realized that you got to get it out of your head that like these are just kids. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus talked about how you need to be like one of these, like to be the greatest in the kingdom. Children, like kids. And that's another thing that I really uh, is. I feel like it's so important to tell kids and I know people do it, but for me personally, what I've told myself is kids need to understand, like you are so important. Like Mm. I, I tell them all the time, like Jesus told adults that they need to be like one of you kids because God values children. So I really love children, (laughs) but God (laughs) values, values children. So, so much. And they're a gift. So like, why would we belittle uh, doing something with children? Like Sunday school is huge. Literally all these people that are doing like great things, which, I mean, I know everyone has a different background, but people that like grew up in church, they were in Sunday school once. Like it started somewhere and like Sunday school teachers, Sunday school superintendents, Sunday school worship leaders are, and I'm not saying that because I'm doing it, but like just seeing it now is like, it is so important because kids are smart too. Like, and they love God and they're sensitive. And I see little prayer warriors and it's just like, wow. Like, and it really inspired me. Like I need to be like them. Like, anyways, so I could go on forever, but yeah. I think it's, I think it's excellent. I think it's such a good reminder. It's where it all starts. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember hearing a podcast and it was years ago and I don't even remember who it was, but it was a lady that was talking about how like we get our kids as parents, we get our kids involved in all these extracurricular things. And she was really a proponent of getting your kids involved in music in a choir or in piano or in some kind of music lessons. And she said, it's the only thing that your kids like extracurricular activity for children that is a command in scripture. Like we are all commanded to worship. Wow. Yeah. And she was saying like, yes, you could let them, you know, play ball. You could let them do all these other things, but none of those things are commanded by God in scripture as part of who we are supposed to be. And that really had an impact on me. I was like, oh, wow. That's, you know, I love music. I think it's fun. I think it's whatever, but it's also like part of who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. Um, So I don't know. I think it's important. I think it's really, really cool. So. I've been excited over the past few years to see kind of, it feels like to me from the sidelines, an expansion in the world of apostolic music. Like I feel like I'm seeing more artists releasing projects and tours and things that are going on, which is just amazing to have in our churches, in our worship, in our home. What do you see from your perspective? What do you see as being like the future of apostolic music? Oh, like exploding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Definitely growing. You know, I... I think that it's just, I mean, it's just, like you said, it's just clear as day that it's growing because in the past too, I know there's been amazing artists that have done things in the past too, but for some reason right now, it just seems like it's just kind of on the forefront or something. And also maybe I was just too young to know, to notice when I was younger, but now it just really seems like, uh, it's really taking off and, uh, and making such an impact. 
And I know that uh, Bible colleges really are uh, are an inspiration for young people to, you know, they really push, at least I know at IBC, I can't speak for other Bible colleges, but I'm assuming, but at IBC, I know they really push for kids to be writing and they have writing classes and things like that because it is so important for apostolics to write. And I know they've talked about that at conferences. And then obviously like what James Wilson, and I'm not saying from like a biased perspective, like <laughs> for real, like what he, what he's done is really paved the way to show that you can do this. And there's a lot of sacrifices involved. I'm sure he, he's done, had, had to make so many sacrifices. I heard him in a session recently where he was talking about uh, his first album and how he had to literally carry the burden alone because people didn't really understand what he was doing. And obviously I can't say it the way he said it, but he, he had to carry this burden and had to believe in the burden on his own. But like, he knew it's what God wanted him to do. And look what's happened like through this. Uh, cause I even remember, cause I was a background vocalist, but like, uh, we just come in, like he's been carrying this for however many months and years beforehand. Um, like you just kind of come in and you, you know, it's a lot of hard work, but it's not even close to what he was doing. And like, I didn't even understand it because that was mm. my first time being part of live recording. That wasn't a, a Bible college. So it was kind of weird. Like who just, who just does a live recording by themselves? <laughs> like, like this is, I know people have recorded things, but like, I, like a whole thing. And I was like, I was like, okay, I didn't understand. But like now I'm just being honest, but now I really understand what he, and I'm, and I'm thankful that I was, God gave me the opportunity to be a part to see how it started. Cause obviously he didn't, he didn't do it to be famous. He mm. did it because it was a burden that God laid on him. And so now like Draylon Young's live recording was birthed out of that. And uh, Mark Crowder's was birthed out of Draylon's and uh, David uh, Jennings and so on and so forth. So it's just, it's just amazing what's happening right now. And I think it's, super important and so cool. So yeah, it is. I th- I love that idea of someone um, and we're hoping to be able to talk to James Wilson for this um, season, but to think about like having a vision for something and having to carry it by himself, but then seeing how many people are like, oh, if he did it, I can do it. If he mm-hmm. like, clearly that people, people want this and we need this in the church. And it really has been such a blessing. I mean, we, we, like I said, you're like a celebrity on our on our uh, screen in our living room because oh you are, <laughs> we watch no. those videos every single day. <laughs> and so yeah. it's um it's really it's just really cool, especially when so other more kind of sticky questions. I like what you said about the importance of apostolic write like songwriters because I think there gets to be sometimes like this weird place where we're borrowing music from other people who might not have the same core values and beliefs that we have. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's good and sometimes that's bad. So what are your thoughts about that, about using music from non-apostolic um, artists and musicians collaborating with non-apostolic artists and, and musicians? Have you had any experience with that? Have you had to come up with any kind of boundaries for yourself, anything like that? So I haven't personally, but I, to the the whole collabing with non-apostolics, so I've actually, I'm going to be honest, I've actually wondered about that too, like for a long time until I was recently in another session and I heard a well-known art, apostolic artist was asked about that because they had collabed with people that weren't, you know, uh, they, they didn't have all the same core beliefs and they weren't, I don't even know if they were apostolic, I'm not even sure. But anyways, 
But their answer, I really appreciated it. Again, I can't say it as well as they did, but their answer was, so we would go in a room when we were writing together and we would go into the scripture and we would have to dive so deep that there was nothing left for argument. Mm. And so if the word of God is your standard, like the word of God is true. So, I mean, I, I respect that. And I, I love that answer. Um, I also, I also realized in that moment when I was listening to them, they feel like if they feel called to that, um, you know, to collaborate with others that I feel like that's, you know, I know sometimes it could be situational as well. Like, I don't know all the things that are going into it. Mm -hmm. Me personally, I don't know if I would feel, uh, if I were like an artist or something, if I would feel, you know, that, Mm -hmm. but I just, I guess that's kind of like something I would have to leave up to like them. I just know for me personally, I probably would stay within our organization and our, you know, uh, just for me personally. So, but yeah, so, but I did appreciate their answer because that is, it is, it was interesting to hear because it's like, you do think that like, uh, that's, I mean, you know, just kind of interesting because they're not, they're not apostolic. So, right. Yeah. 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 I think it's a question that a lot of people have. And, and again, it goes back to like, okay, well, we, we use music from other places, from mm-hmm. other songwriters that aren't apostolic, mm-hmm. like we always mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have controversies around certain places where music comes from and churches that say, like, okay, we're not going to use any music that comes out of this specific location or whatever. And so it's all a very sticky thing that mm-hmm. I guess we have to be thankful that we have people in leadership who are <laughs> connecting with the Lord about those things and if it comes down yeah. to us making a decision, we got to connect with him too and find out what we need to do. Yeah. And and also that's why it's super important, like you said, to have leadership and be submitted because also like, you know, if I were doing something and I wasn't sure I can go to my spiritual authority and check with them and also pray as well. And I, if, you know, that's why you want to have somebody that has, someone was talking about the other day, like someone that has like veto power in your life, assuming your pastor. And so right. like, if, if you're not being submitted and stuff that I don't, I personally don't know how God, well, I don't want to be careful, but like, <sighs> I just feel like if you're not submitted, then how can God like bless what you're doing? Yeah. You know? So like, I mean, he can still use it. It's just, I feel like you'd be more fulfilled if you were like, you know, doing everything aligned with his word and, you know, cause he put your shepherd there for a purpose. Right. So, yeah. So I just think you should always stay submitted. And if, if you're, uh, if, if music is, you know, spirit led and it has biblical, uh, it's the Bible is your standard and it's biblical principles. Like I believe God will honor it and God can use it. I just stay submitted. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. God can bless anything and he can, he will, he will accomplish his will regardless, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you don't want to be collateral damage in your own life of because yeah. you didn't submit and you have to deal with the consequences of that. Like, so you want, you want to gain the whole world and lose your soul. Right. Like, so, yeah. and I, I just, I feel like when, when you're submitted and you're, you know, uh, and when you're, when you're consecrated and you're, and I, I feel like you are living like you're living a consecrated life, have life convictions. I just feel like it, I just feel like it brings another level to your worship because Mm -hmm. like 
you know, said, if we love him, we'll keep his commandments. And I love God. And, you know, we are apostolic and we live a life of holiness and separation. And I just feel like, I just feel like that's so important. Like, cause I just worship, I just feel like, uh, and I know by no means am I perfect. You know, I'm human. I mess up, but like, I just feel like I, I remember I told God one time, I was like, if I can't, and I'm just being transparent, but like, if I, I may not be able to get on the piano and play crazy. I may not be able to tell you what a uh, major seven scale over <laughs> C is. I may not be able to, you know, do all these crazy things that other people can do, but I can worship. And obviously uh, I want to do the best that I can. And I want to prepare and practice and all this stuff. But if nothing else, if everything else fails, I'm going to worship. And I don't want anyone else. I mean, I don't want anyone to outworship me. Like yeah. no one, nobody will outworship me. <laughs> so, yeah. and you know, and sometimes you have bad days and stuff like that. But so like, I, so I want everything around me as well to like, to be able to be aligned so that my worship can be accepted by him. Yeah. So I want him to accept my sacrifice. So that's why I think it's important to just make sure that you have everything, you know, right. So, yeah. No, for <laughs> so, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's important. Yeah. The most important of all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've talked about all these people making these solo albums and doing these solo recordings. When do we get the Gabby Thompson solo recording? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I honestly, um, the Lord will have to visit me and tell me if that's supposed to be because as of right now, I really enjoy being a background vocalist. So, so yeah, I don't know. I, I've, I've always had a desire. I don't know if it's my calling or my gifting to write, but I have always had a desire to write because I think it's just like, it's so, it's so cool to be able to express yourself that way. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, I, I won't say like, it's a no, but I definitely <laughs> don't think it's a right now. So okay. we'll see. I, I'm well, praying about it. <laughs> we, we will, we will leave you to follow the leading of the spirit and we'll okay. just, as soon as it, when it's out, we'll, we'll be, we'll be there to, to, to buy it. So. <laughs> okay. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Hmm. All right. Is there anything else about apostolic music that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? Hmm. Nothing comes to mind. I mean, I'm sure that I I can talk all day. My name is Gabby, so I can talk all day. So, (laughs) but nothing on top of my head. So I just yeah, it's been great. (laughs) Well, the final question of our show is always the same question. Our show is called Good Question. So we like to ask every guest, "What is a good question that you're asking yourself lately?" (laughs) um (laughs) well hopefully this doesn't get me fired but the question i've been asking myself is what's the latest i can get up and still make it to work on time (laughs) because i need to sleep (laughs) that is a dangerous dangerous game to play (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) hey hey we've all been there yeah. Oh, that's I'm ready funny. to retire. So hey, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> praise him. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, well, it's been such a joy to talk with you for the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it so much. I loved all the things you had to say. I love your ha- your happy smiling face and your bubbly personality. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's been so awesome uh, to be part of this. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk. And uh, it's been great. And you're great. 
Wasn't she just a joy? I enjoyed that conversation so much. What great wisdom and insight she had to share. I love the practice Gabby mentioned of praying over the empty seats before a concert or a worship service. I also appreciated her openness and transparency as she discussed what can be a huge struggle if you're involved in music ministry, feeling overlooked. And I love that she shared how the Lord taught her important lessons about herself and about Him through those frustrations. And her thoughts on teaching kids to be worshipers really hit home for me, as Dave and I parent two little girls who love to sing. Keeping our focus on the one we're worshiping is key. If something we talked about today got you thinking, sparks a conversation, or lets you know you're not alone, I hope you'll share this episode with a friend. And then come tell us about it on social media. We're on Instagram at Good Question Show, and I'm at Jessica Tanderup. That's Jessica T, as in Tuesday. A-N-D-E-R-U-P. You can also search for the podcast on Facebook and our email address is goodquestionshow at gmail.com. To follow along with Team Tandrup on our swiftly approaching short-term missions adventure to Denmark, we're at Tandrup's Ford Denmark on Instagram and Facebook. That's Tandrup's with an S, the number four, Denmark. This podcast is a production of Good Question Media and is produced and hosted by me, Jessica Tandrup, my co-producer, editor, and the man who likes to make up his own lyrics to songs to make our girls giggle is my husband, Dave Tandrup. Our audio engineer is Josh Powalczyk. Special thanks to Ricky and Jessica Simpson for their production input here on season three. That's it for this week. We'll be back here next Tuesday with another good question. See y'all then.